Hello there. You're listening to the Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We'll also be giving a spoiler-filled discussion about the latest entry into the catalog of Spider-Man flicks. We are talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. Alright, so let's start off with some news. Uh, like last week, there is no news. We just I mean, want to focus news, on... But yeah, we're not going to talk about them because we want to dedicate the episode to Spider-Man. Spider-Man. So we are we going to talk about the box office breakdown <laughs> for the, the weekend of December 17th to December 19th. Mm. Coming in first was Ghostbusters Afterlife. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. the number one movie for the weekend was Spider-Man No Way Home. Domestically, it made $260 million. That is the second biggest domestic opening of all time. It beat out Infinity Wars 257. And the biggest domestic opening was Endgame, correct? Correct, yeah. Endgame was a true beast. It was $357 million. Yeah, that's hard the, to beat. The fact that No Way Home, in the midst of a pandemic, was able to become the second biggest domestic opening of all time i mean that is truly astonishing absolutely and i don't know when we're going to get another event film like this other than whatever the next avengers is because this is crazy the hype was out of this world it delivered people went to go see it often multiple times at that weekend i saw it twice many friends i know saw it twice mm -hmm. did you end up catching it a second time dylan nope i might go again I do have the free Regal thing, so I could go for free. But Exactly, there you go. Time, you know, finding the time to do it. It's two and a half hours long, but I would like to see it again in theaters one more time before it just goes to DVD and I buy it. Mm -hmm. I it mean, is. One, it, you go ahead. It's one of those that I think you got to see it a second time in theaters. It's one you of those so? that merits that experience, yeah? I hope so. Maybe I'll like it more in theaters. Like I had fun having the experience of like seeing it firsthand with a bunch of people and cheering and going crazy and stuff. But I want to kind of wait a couple of weeks where the theaters are a little more empty and I could just sit and watch it without all the screaming because like it was great, but it was also a little exhausting at the same time. Like it was a good experience, but I also want to experience it as just a movie that I can watch. Sure. You said it was exhausting because you was, were doing it, the cheering or you're just hearing all the people. It was just like nonstop screaming for like a good chunk of it, dude. Because, I mean, we'll get to it. And by the way, this is spoiler filled. So if you don't want to hear if you haven't seen it yet or you don't want to hear anything, stop listening now. Go watch it. But yeah, when it was like the they were doing like the villains like back to back to back and they were showing them all immediately. I, it was just nonstop screaming. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, guys, I just I just want to watch the movie. Like, I love it. But I just I just want to watch the movie. Yeah, I get that. Um, but no, I think when it's an event film like this and it's opening weekend, like you're going, that is the theater experience. Is having again, again, again. I'm glad I had that experience, but I want to experience it again without that. Exactly. So what you're saying is you will see it a second time, probably in like a couple of weeks, like like nice. the second week of January or something. I'll go when nobody, when well, people will be there, but not as many people. 
The people well, who waited three weeks to see it, the one guy in the back going, oh, Toby, <laughs> Toby. It'll be Bobby. Finally <laughs> be able to go. <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh, but yes, an astonishing, record-breaking opening weekend for No Way Home. It was already in pre-sales going to be the biggest domestic opener in 2021, but it's nearly three times the opening weekend of the next biggest opener, which was Venom with 90 million. So again, I mean, that's just insane. So many people were waiting just to go and see this film. This was their return to the theaters. And worldwide, also an amazing success. It had 600 million worldwide, which makes it already defeating almost all of the films on both our rosters, except for F9 and No Time to Die. And this weekend, it will definitely shatter those two and get to a billion maybe this weekend but certainly by the years and it'll become the first billion dollar grosser since the latest star wars movie i can't believe that made a billion dollars what's nuts is that rise of skywalker made a billion dollars i mean it's star wars it's huge it is but it's also shit i mean that is true which is why it didn't make that much over a billion dollars but it's still like a crazy phenomenon but i mean right now spider-man is the big phenomenon Remember when Captain Marvel hit a billion dollars and we were all like, what? Well, that was that had to be hype for Endgame. Yeah, it was. Because there's just no other explanation for it why. It was crazy. <laughs> it was that and Rise of Skywalker, the two in the billion dollar club that I look at and I'm like, I don't know how you got here. Yeah. It's just so bizarre to see them both in there. Very weird. Anyway, Indeed. we have some more facts. It is 2021's highest grossing film domestically now. That is uh a given obviously it was going to happen uh in terms of our box office draft congratulations ryan <laughs> you are the declared wow. winner as of right now we will have our episode next year well in i mean yeah, it'll, be, it'll be next you, you all know what year. i mean yeah <laughs> in 2020 in january we will have our next our episode about the box office draft where we'll cover what was going on with the choices we made and then we'll do another episode where we actually do the 2022 drafts because we like to doing this. We're going to keep it going. Ryan, I will order you a little belt <laughs> for being the winner. I have a little Spider-Man thing on it. No, because <laughs> I want be the victory. Because I'm, I'm not going to order a belt every year. So it's just going to go back and forth for whoever has it. Whoever's oh, the gotcha. last year's winner is going to have it. Maybe we could, like engrave something a little into it for each year. Like like how they do trophies and stuff. Yeah, get like a transferable plaque that has yeah. each of our names. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out. But uh yeah, congratulations, Ryan. You had the clear winner. We are going to have to talk about rules, though, because it was pretty obvious that whoever had Spider-Man. We'll, well, right, we'll do... but that was just the thing this year. And next year, it's not like it's going to be like that. Like, it was obvious that No Way Home was going to be the dominant factor. But it also could have been, like, there could have been a way if I had Spider-Man, but all of my other ones were flops. Like, if I picked Suicide Squad and other films that were just not as great, and you happen to get No Time to Die and F9 like the big grocers as well. Like there could have been a way, mm-hmm. but this, I mean, it did exceed expectations. Like this is a crazy performance from No Way Home. We knew it would do great. We knew it hit a billion, but I mean, this thing is gonna go far beyond that. It looks like even without yeah. China, which is nuts, but very yeah. much nuts. We'll figure all that mumbo jumbo out later, but continuing the box office breakdown for the past weekend in Canto with 6 million comes in second place. West Side Story in third place with 3.6 million. 
Ghostbusters comes right after that, 3.4 million. Nightmare Alley, a sad showing with 2.8 million. I know, it got eaten alive at the box office. I don't know why uh, they released yeah. it. It was a bad call, bro. <laughs> During this weekend. Bad call. I still need to go see it. I finished the book, so now I have oh, to go there see you it. Go. Yeah. House of Gucci, 2 million. Pushpa, The Rise, Part 1, 1. 1.3 million. Eternals with 1.2 million. It just crossed 400 million worldwide. It was able to do it. That's crazy. Is Pushpa, The Rise, Part 1, is that a Bollywood movie? Yeah. Okay, it's pretty cool. It made one point three million and is on our top ten. There's been a couple, like the past few weeks. There's been a couple times where random Bollywood films have made it into the top ten. That's neat. We should we should watch more Bollywood movies. We should because I haven't seen, seen any. None. Yeah, I haven't seen <laughs> any. I hear I hear such good things about them. I feel like I should watch more. Clifford made four hundred and forty thousand dollars. Boo, bummer. And Resident Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City running out the top ten with four hundred thousand jeepers creepers now it's time to do some box office predictions the big hitter this weekend is the matrix resurrections which is sure to make a good chunk of money and also spider-man is coming into its second weekend so overall i think spider-man is still going to take the top spot i think it still has hype from the last weekend and i think as a drop it's going to have it'll probably have more percentage wise a more significant drop just because it's the second weekend there's the hype is starting to go away and other people have all come and rushed and seen it the first weekend. And so it's going to be a bit more of a drop because of how big the performance was in its opening weekend. So I think it'll probably be 90 million in the second weekend. I see. Gotcha. I think it'll be able to still hit triple digits, but it will be an interesting weekend because Christmas falls on that weekend. Mm hmm. So Christmas Eve, they probably won't get much. But Christmas Day, people might go out once all the opening the presents and whatnot is done. Mm -hmm. People might be like, yeah, let's go see the new Spider-Man. So I still think it'll be able to get a lot of traction. Mm -hmm. I'll say $110 million. Wow. And for The Matrix, I think it can make a good chunk of change even with Spider-Man as a competition. It's still the second weekend, so all the people who saw Spider-Man the first weekend might want to go see The Matrix this upcoming weekend, like you and I. And so I think The Matrix can make... You can make thirty-five million, maybe forty. Yeah, that's probably a good estimate because it's rated R. It's on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. Spider-Man so, Christmas weekend. Yeah, so there's a lot of things going against it where people it could might just be like, "We'll just stay home and watch it there instead of." I might actually do that too. Dang, <laughs> busy weekend, bro. We got Christmas Eve on Friday, Christmas on Saturday, and I work on Sunday. You know, it's a busy, busy weekend. I don't know if I have time to go all the way to the theater. It's very true. I will be going and see it because that is my fifth film on the roster. I got to support it. It got Ooh. overshadowed by Spider-Man, but didn't even need it. But it will be a nice little bow on top of everything so i'm hoping it'll perform well i think it can definitely crack 30 million i hope mm -hmm. um and i'd like to see it hit 40 million i'd like to see it get right around where dune opened that'd be cool yeah nice all right so we will update you on that next weekend but now it is time to talk about spider-man no way home and if you haven't already listened to our whole series on the live action spider-man Go and check those out. We did one special for each of the Spider-Man. Did it in reverse chronological order. So we had Tom Holland, then Andrew, then Toby last week. And that allowed us to be fully prepared for Spider-Man No Way Home, which was the culmination of all those three different Spider-Man franchises. They all came together, all the villains, all the Spider-Man, 
in this one movie. What an experience, Dylan. What did you think about it? Your initial impressions, your thoughts. I like it. I think it's good. I think I had fun. Nice. I didn't think it was. I don't think I'm as in love with it as everyone else is. And oh, I'm definitely gonna by the end of this, I will give an updated version of my listing the of the yeah. the ranking of the live action Spider Man like we did last week for the Tobey Maguire episode. I will definitely have that ready by the end of the episode. But yeah, I thought it was fun. I thought it was the best of the Tom Hollands, probably. Yeah, I think looking back on it because it's Far From Home is terrible and Homecoming <laughs> was pretty good. So yeah, I think this is probably my favorite of the Tom Holland movies. Um, it just does have a few missteps in terms of like like in the second half of it, the actual weight of the story is starting to go, and it just kind of becomes like just fan service and stuff like that. And so it does get a little bit distracted because of that, and it is hard to balance it in a way where it wouldn't become fan servicey. But I still had a good time. I had fun. Good theater experience. I, I had a good time. I liked it. Yeah. Your initial thoughts. I mean, I also very much enjoyed it. It was a great theater experience. It was hard to walk out of that not being extremely happy. I mean, just seeing all these villains, all these heroes together in one movie, like that's legitimately crazy that we got that. And so it, like that alone makes it an absolute standout. But I also think it had a lot of great elements to it as well. Like it wasn't just these characters being thrown in just for them to happen to be there. Like they all did contribute in some way, some less than others. We'll talk about that with the villains, but particularly Doc Ock and Green Goblin were treated extremely well in this. And also Andrew and Toby, like they were in it for a good chunk and they had a couple of different moments that were emotionally resonant, like the whole Spider-Man therapy scene on the rooftop, which I just love. And then they also had a bunch of, as you're saying, like the fan service moments, which are things that, Everyone just wishes that they would just like dream of, of, oh, this would be a cool conversation to see them have. And we got to see that play out in like multiple different times. Mm-hmm. And then we got to see them all working together at the very end. Like all that stuff. Fantastic. Loved it. So while it is just exciting to see them all together, there was meaning behind a lot of the ways that they did interact and were included, which I think elevates it. So yeah, for me, I do think it is a really good film. It would have been a great experience regardless just to see them, even if it was like a doggy doo-doo film. But it's a good (laughs) film. So it's great that we got all of those things together. And so let's start out with the very beginning, where it wasn't so much about the multiverse stuff. It was just the fallout from where the last film ended. His identity is revealed, and then we see him dealing with that instantly, trying to get MJ out of that situation in the square where everyone's asking questions and they end up back at his apartment where happy and Aunt may are going through their breakup and then they find out that they're getting watched by everyone on tv and they have to do the whole like lawsuit thing get legal representation all that jazz what did you think of that part dylan oh i like the idea of transitioning into there from far from home like i like how there is consequences to the ending that was there and that is what sets up this whole thing in this movie. I like what they did with that and how they are dealing with that. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, I like the wonder that they do in the apartment when uh, Tom and Zendaya show up and Happy Hogan and May are breaking up and having that fight. 
that, that was really good. I'm like, I'm not like the biggest crazy fan of Wonders, but I thought the comedic timing was there. The choreography and their movements was there. And so I thought it really worked. I liked it. I thought it was fun. Um, it was weird. Like, I get that they had to introduce Daredevil. I get it. I just, after he was gone, I forgot he was even in it. I He was there for one scene, and then he was just gone. That's true. Well, that to me, I mean, that was certainly a cameo. It wasn't like he was going to be a, an mm. essential part of the film going forward. And that was also the part of the film, like, they resolved it pretty quickly of him being, like, charged with the mysterious murder or whatever, but then he gets mm. out of it because of Daredevil. Mm. So that to me was okay, that it was a nice, brief introduction hey he's still around he may still come back in future mcu things Mm -hmm. but yeah this isn't a film about him we're gonna include him so i was okay with that yeah i guess it was fun it was just odd that that's the way they introduced him to the mcu was just a brief cameo and then we may never see him again i mean i hope we do i'm not sure we we may never i don't think they would do that just to not have him in future things but just as a nice little uh, something else that happened to throw it to the fans he's just we, in one just, scene he's in no in one scene and never again charlie cox is just gone Feige says that's it this is your last one he watches the scene he's like i didn't really like it that much you know let's just not do it anymore <laughs> that'd be horrible but yeah, yeah i like the, all the setup and stuff i like all the effort he's trying to put into fixing like that is the the main cause of the problem is that he he wants to have a happy life but now he can't because his identity is ruining the lives of people around him and i like that they set it up that way it's all about him and his balancing the identities of Peter Parker and Spider-Man, which is a big thing in the comics. Is that what he's trying to do? Is he's struggling balancing the both? And that the world knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Those identities are starting to get muddled together, and it's hard to separate the two. And that's making it more difficult for himself and the people around him. And he wants to be able to separate them once again. I, I love that. And so, like his thing for uh, Doctor Strange is make everybody forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. But then we see by the end of it, you can't have it's hard to do both at the same time separately. So you can either put them together or focus on one entirely. And that's why he has to choose, you know, make the world forget who Peter Parker is. He chooses to just be Spider-Man. And I think that's great, too, how they end up at that point. But we'll get there. We will. But yeah, that that part of it's iffy to me. But I do understand that they have to include that in order to get to some of these things like they had to do that whole doctor strange route in order to bring in the multiverse here and then in order to set up what they're going to do with spider-man in the future they had to do that particular spell to have everyone forget that he was peter parker but yeah we'll talk about that and how it just feels like a very contrived thing but it's forgivable since we were able to get this amazing cast of people back all the villains, five of the previous villains coming back, were introduced to Doc Ock first. And he's so good in this film. Alfred Molina, still so captivating. I loved every bit of him being in it. And I loved the way that they he was snatched right before he turned good again in Spider-Man 2. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's still evil, like under the influence of the arms. And he's trying to get back to the power of the sun. So I like that they took that route with him. And then... We're trying okay, to get what? Well, I when I watched Spider Man Two with Spencer, we were rewatching it, and we got to the part where uh, where he finds out that Peter Parker is Spider Man. Yes, and we counted, and it's like 
like like 26 seconds between the part where he <laughs> finds out that he's Peter Parker and then becomes a good person again and overcomes that stuff. And it's just kind of like, what? How do how do you? Because like got he's him holding, right at the moment. Because he's <laughs> right holding, at the second he he's saw holding Peter. Peter, like he's crushing Peter's head, and then there's an explosion, and he gets flown back and lands in the water and is a good guy again. He's like, you're Peter, and then gets blown back, and he's good. And it's just kind of like, that's very very close. Like it's it's very odd that they. Yeah, it's a, it's just a weird way to write it in because Green Goblin he knows. Lizard, I'm pretty sure, finds out at some point in the movie. He does. Sandman definitely knows. The camera. I don't know when Electro Electro knows. That's also true. I don't remember when that. Yeah, I don't think that does happen. But who cares? I guess it's forgivable. It's not great. It would have been better if, I guess, they would have had to bring back Dane DeHaan as Green Goblin because he does know (laughs) it's Peter. And that would have been kind of interesting, though, seeing Dane DeHaan and Willem Dafoe interact. He's like, you're not my Harry. Right. Yeah, that would have been an interesting. But I do love Jamie Foxx, though. I don't know why, though, why they didn't just do that. Like, just pick one of the sixth villains because they could have had the pseudo Sinister Six. They they didn't want this. Yeah, they didn't want this to be the Sinister Six. And I knew it going in. I was like, they're not going to do Sinister Six with this. They're going to wait. They're going to build up the characters. If they're going to continue with Tom Holland, they're going to build out more characters in like the next two because they want to do another trilogy. They're going to do the two characters. The next two movies, then the final movie in that second trilogy, they're gonna try and do the Sinister Six with the characters from the Tom Holland trilogy. So Vulture, Scorpion, uh, maybe they'll bring back Mysterio because there's rumors that he's not dead, right. and then more and more and more people. And so like that makes sense to me. I feel like it would have been it would have been really cool to see the Sinister Six with these villains, but you know, you can't have everything. I and suppose, it would have it, it would have been a lot. It would have been a lot to do because then you couldn't have Doc Ock being a good guy. You couldn't have that whole theme of well, trying it's to fine if they. I just wanted six villains, just like have them in, so that we would at least have that notion of oh, there's like the six villains there because it's not stupid. like the five. Then of it's these not were the Sinister the Six. The whole idea of the well, Sinister I know, six but they're is not that... meant to be the Sinister Six. Six in this, I'm just saying it would have been cool to have the six villains, but they're not the Sinister Six. I know. Why do you want six villains if they're not the Sinister Six? Because they had five of them in here already, and you could have just. But why would you want six? Done the easy thing of throw one more in there, and then it would have been the six, six, and then it would have been them having to deal with six villains. But then they're not the Sinister Six of the Sinister Six. But they're not the Sinister Six. It would have been a waste. Imagine the first time we see six Spider-Man villains in one movie, and they're not the Sinister Six. That'd be stupid. I'd be upset. Five is fun. Why? But then we already see five villains. So what is one more that Tom Holland sees later on? I mean, he already it's gonna with... add. It's gonna add a whole another layer of storytelling to to try and accomplish. And you're also not really doing the Sinister Six because Doc Ock is a good guy, and so then it's just five against the two spy, the three Spider Men, and Doc Ock because Doc Ock's a good guy. So it wouldn't be the Sinister Six no matter what. You're just gonna have six villains in there just because you want the number six. That's stupid. You can have the six if villains you're during the midpoint when they're all still. Doing the thing, and again, I was just saying having six in there, having the five, but then not dude. Going even to at the just have the six, no, no, feels even, so stupid. Even at like the midpoint, even at the midpoint, Doc Ock was still the good guy. Like he just left, but he was still a good guy. I know, which also makes no sense why he left and wasn't helping them. I also don't much. understand why he left, but I, it, it's too late now. 
Like you can't change the writing on that. I, maybe if I go back and watch it, I can understand it. But he really just dips, and I don't That's understand true. why. But then also, here's how to solve your problem. In this film, he gets good again because they take away the arms influence. He's not mm-hmm. able to overcome the arms influence as he does in the Raimi films. Mm-hmm. So then they could have had something where they take whatever the chip is out that they put in, like Goblin does that, and then boom, Doc Ock's bad again. Okay, so you're going to make Doc Ock be a bad guy, and then they give him the inhibitor, hip, inhibitor chip so he's a good guy, and then Grigon takes it out so he's a bad guy, and then they put it back in so that he's a good guy, just so that you have a Sinister Six? And then you have to add in another character just to be the Sinister Six? Yeah. No. I feel like it could definitely work. I Look, don't know how they're going to set up, because it's not going to be as interesting to have Vulture, Mysterio brought back to life, Scorpion, who we still haven't even Vulture was never dead. Mysterio, it's pretty easy to write was. him back to life. Scorpion is a very good villain in the comics. Well, sure, but we haven't seen him at all interact with Peter Parker or Spider-Man in the current one. And then they'd have to do... So that's three if you bring back Mysterio, and then they'd have to set up another three in the next three films. But they well, would you only finalize up, it in that sixth film. You only need to set up one in each movie because there's three movies left. You set up one in the first one, another one in the second one, and the third one you set up your main leader of whoever the Sinister Six is going to be, and he collects all the other ones, and then they fight him. Bada bing, bada boom, you're done. That's the Sinister Stakes, and it's done in a good way. You set up all the villains, and then you bring them together. Instead of just taking five, like, the whole point is that there's five movies before the Holland movies. So you take a villain from each one, and you put them in these movies. You can't just grab a six one because you want to have six characters to be the Sinister Six, and then not even do the Sinister Six. That would be stupid. I think you definitely could. And also, again, it's just the idea of having the six and be there. Like, they wouldn't even call themselves Zinnerzig and do that whole thing. That's stupid. Because they're not the villains. It's the Doc imagery Ock is a good of having guy. the Sinister Six. You just want the image? The three Spider-Man. Yes, you're willing, to that sacrifice, been cool. you're willing to sacrifice good writing just to have the image of six villains against three Spider-Men? They didn't have good writing at the five here anyway. What more? Would it would it be even worse. It would be even worse. I don't think so. I think it would be also, would practically you really, the same. You really would rather have a pseudo Sinister Six that isn't even good just for the image of six villain versus three Spider-Man rather than you a fully fleshed not out even Sinister good. Six? I think it would be fine. It wouldn't it be would good be the because same Doc Ock would be a good guy. And you, you still I already have... told you how you can resolve that. This is not No Way Home the movie. Let's talk about the actual movie. because It would just be, it'd be stupid, Ryan. You're, you're a fool. This, is, this would, would be, not a, be, be a bad idea. What they did was a good idea to not try and do the Sinister Six. It would have been just boring. No, it was Unless they even had the six chambers, bro, and then they threw the tree in one of them. Bro, the only route that they could go for is if they got rid of the whole idea of trying to recover them and make them like whole again and just made it six villains and it's the Sinister Six and Doc Ogg is still a bad guy. Like that would be cool because then if they just stay villains the whole time, then it becomes a real challenge and then he has to gather the Spider-Man up and then they have to, because the only way they can beat all six villains is by working together. That would be cool. You can't just, you can't just do it the way that they did it and then add a six villain and be like, good enough. Now that there's six. Yay, five plus one is six. You can't just do that, Ryan. You it totally could. The worse. thing that you just explained is they would just stay villains, but you add the other one. Sure, you just lose the like bit that. about them. But that's not what they wanted to do. You just said that you would rather lose the core element of Peter's arc in this movie, which is to learn that, oh, I have to try to save these villains. You would rather them just be straight up villains. No, I we're like just trying the way, to take down. I like what they did, but if you're going to do a Sinister Six. Just get rid of the, that whole core story and just make them villains because I don't want to watch a Sinister Six movie where they're not really the Sinister Six. That'd be stupid. Bro. Just Whatever. because there's six we villains disagree on that. Sinister Six. 
I don't want my first experience watching the Sinister Six on the big screen to just be a pseudo Sinister Six that they try to fit in there for fan service. For fans like you who just want to see six villains on screen and don't care how good it's done. I want it to be good. I think it still would have been good. I think it would probably be just as good as what they do. I don't know if they'll be able to pull off the Sinister Six with the Holland stuff moving forward. I mean, we'll see. I don't even know. I mean, we don't even know if there is going to be Holland stuff moving forward, but if they do, then I hope they do the Sinister Six. It'd be cool. Well, there you go. But in this one, we could have had a guaranteed version of the Sinister Six. And it would have been been bad. Because it would have been all these incredible villains that we already know and love coming together and then getting fought by the three Spider-Men. But also That would have been cool. You keep saying that. Then it would have been bad. I don't think so. So you talk about It would have been the same effect. We would have just had the one other villain. It just would have been an interesting visual to have like you but then still... you don't have one from each movie what are you talking about you have five movies this is it's called the pigeonhole it's called the pigeonhole principle it is uh, uh if you have five movies and you have six villains one of those movies you have to take two villains from can't be spider-man one because only green goblin can't be spider-man two because only doc Ock. so you're either going to take the new goblin from spider-man 3 or venom from spider-man 3 or you're going to take the green goblin from Amazing Spider-Man. Which one would you take? The one that would have been probably the most interesting to see would have been having that Harry in there. Because they would have already had a, vil- a Venom and they're going to set that up. So I think they wouldn't want to burn their thing there. But if they had which, the Harry wait, Osborn. Which Harry? There's two. It would have had to been Dane DeHaan. See? That would have been stupid because we hate <laughs> that character. They could have redeemed them, bro. They could have brought back. I mean, look what they did with Electro. Bad. Then you would have had two Green Goblins. We you really want to move with two Green Goblins? Like, yeah, it would have been kind of interesting, but it still would have been bad. You keep saying that. I think they could have made it work. I'm sure they would have been able to do something to make it work. I don't want to see a Sinister Six where a third of it is just Green Goblins. I mean, fair enough. I want them to be unique and dynamic. Fair where they can work together. Yeah. I don't want Tom Holland to just get butt fucked by gliders for half the movie <laughs> because you've got a third of the villains being Green Goblins. Gotcha. Whatever. Again, I still think you would. I mean, I understand your point about oh, like Green Goblins, but it would have given the visual of the six, and it would have at least provided some greater character depth to that that particular Harry. It would have been interesting to see Norman interact with him and no. try to deal with that. I just don't care about the He's visual serious. appeal of the Sinister Six unless it's done right. Like, if they did it bad just to cram in a, a villain just to be the Sinister Six, I would not have liked it. I would have very strongly disagreed with you. Anyway, let's move on to what we thought of the villains. We already talked about Doc Ock. Let's talk about Green Goblin. Willem Dafoe coming back. He becomes the main villain in a surprise twist. I loved it. I loved it. He was the only thing I needed him to be, which was just the Green Goblin. Like, he has no story arc. He has no mission. He has no plot. He's just chaos. He's just the Green Goblin. He's just fucking shit up. And I love it. I think he's great. I think he's still killing it at 60-something years old. Willem Dafoe, 20 years later, is still delivering as the Green Goblin. And I loved it. Yeah. The man really said, I'm going to be the best Spider-Man villain twice. (laughs) Watch me do it again. So that was great to see. And again, yeah, having him be the core nemesis to Spider-Man was great. Mm-hmm. 
and what he was able to accomplish in this film. I mean, taking down Aunt May, the first time we've seen in a live action version where she gets got. That was intense. What do you think of that part? Of May getting killed, that whole aspect. I like the setup of it because they're setting it up like how Willem Dafoe got got in the first movie. You know, they had the glider selling in very slowly behind them. And you're like, oh, he's going to charge. And the way they do it in the first movie is awesome because the big blades pop out and they're swinging at him and you can feel the impact of that stab. But when he come, when the glider in this movie comes in, it crashes through the windshield. I'm like, awesome. And then it goes and it hits May and it just kind of knocks her over. And I'm like, the impact, it just, it's not there enough. It needed to be a, a more heavy hitting impact because that would have really crushed me, dude. If they really hit May hard, that mm-hmm. would have been devastating. But they just kind of knock her over and then they teeter the line of whether or not she's going to die for like a mi- like two minutes. Yeah. And then she just dies. And I'm like, you you should have been more solid on the fact that she's going to die. And it would have made the conversation he had with her about, because he's talking to her about doing the right thing and with great power comes great responsibility. She's having that conversation and he's like, you're right. And then she dies and then he starts freaking out. And it's like, it would have been so much more impactful to watch Tom Holland act, like act as she's dying and saying those as her last words would have been more impactful to me. I think so. Yeah, I agree with that. I was stunned when the glider came through and knocked her over. And then when she just got up, I was like, really? Yeah, and then just we were about to go all the way. That would have been great. And then she and says then, those and lines then, and then falls and down. Then dies. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I would have liked it more if they just would have gotten straight for that. Like he goes over, finds mm-hmm. her, and she's like bleeding out right then and there. And those are, yeah. she knows. Was, like, these are afterward, I was like, I was like trying to ration it because like as much as I was kind of knocking on the hit, like for a normal person to get hit with that big ass piece of metal that we know has spikes on the end of it, like we know it hurts. Like we know she can't just get up and walk it off. Like, and I was trying to rationalize like maybe she's in shock and maybe she, it didn't hit her in like a, a part that is like, it was, it was a gut hit. So maybe it's going to take a while for her to bleed out. Like I was trying to rationalize it, but she's really just walking like nothing happened. Like she really just walks it off. Mm-hmm. And I was like, it was weird to see her walk it off and then tumble down and die. And I was like, it just wasn't the choreography of her death was not staged very well. Yeah. I, I felt like in reality, she should have been hit. It should have been really heavy. Goblin gets on the thing and takes off. And then Peter runs up to her and is like, Oh yeah. Cause then Goblin throws the bomb and then he has to knock it out of the way. And then it explodes while she's on the ground. Right. And it would have been cool if he ran up to her after that explosion. And she's like, she has like burns and she's like stabbed and then she's like struggling to get the words out and he's crying all over her. He's freaking out. That would have been great. Yeah. I it would have been like, it would have been probably like twice as emotional. Yeah. The way they approach it, I think did undercut some of the impact of it. Mm-hmm. Did you tear up at that scene? No, I didn't either. <laughs> Which I, I just, think I don't know enough about the, his relationship. This with May. May, yeah, because I also thought it was weird because she's been essentially just a comedic device in these previous films. Like the main thing she's been is the love interest in a way, like a tease for Iron Man, and then for Happy Hogan, where they actually have a relationship, but it's not that serious, and now they're breaking up. Like those are just meant to be comedic moments. We didn't really get any meaningful interaction between her and peter he had said later on like oh it was such a difficult time when she found out that i was spider-man and 
I don't want to go through that again. We never saw any of that. Yeah, no. It from went home. from her going, what the fuck, at the end of Homecoming, and then Far From Home, she's just okay with it. And yeah. They're good. So and I would have liked to see more of a fallout from that revelation in Homecoming. In Far From Home, that's a fall for Far From Home. That's why Far From Home is bad. Right. Watching yeah. that struggle between them would have been really interesting, but then they take Peter, and they take him completely out of New York, and so she's barely in the movie. Which exactly. sucks. So we just don't get that much depth to her, and so we can't care that much. And they try to remedy some of that here like again she's the main driving force for why he's doing what he's doing in the film trying to mm -hmm. save the the villains yeah and of course she imparts those words and it's sort of his uncle ben moment in this i guess gonna be series the saga um for sure so i like that they tried to do that with her but yeah the only like i got slightly emotional at the part where he's like repeating i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry as he has to go as he's about to get shot by the people coming into the apartment mm -hmm. um i did like that yeah but the rest of it because that was just his acting that was on point there but yeah. the rest of it like the whole idea of losing this character didn't strike me that much which is an issue with like how she was treated in the previous films um, but i still do still commend them for taking the risk of hey let's mm -hmm. actually kill may in this movie and do something new which we haven't seen before mm -hmm. um, so i do like that yeah. The apartment scene fight as well as a whole, I thought was great. Like, Oh, yeah, because I love how up until that point, it's a very campy movie, pretty much. Mm -hmm. And then you because even the fight scene with Doc Ock is done in a very campy style. It's kind of fun. And the whole thing with Electro and Sandman's very much loosey goosey. And then you have Willem Dafoe come in and you have that twist where he's the villain. And it does shift the tone very, very, very well. And I think that this fight scene, while the others were very campy, this one was very intense. For sure. Very so, scary. So I thought that was great. Yeah, him getting tossed out of the window, and then he's like crawling up the wall, and then Lizard comes, snatches him, throws him back in, and he gets attacked by Goblin again. Mm -hmm. like, that's what was great. It was truly hardcore. And then when he's punching Goblin, and then he starts laughing as he's getting punched. Dude, each that time. was great. Yeah, that was fantastic. Willem Dafoe just killed it in this one. Like you truly felt some of the really terror of Gobby in this one. And also, I just want to point Gobby. out, the whoever was doing the choreography for the fighting in this film, they were definitely watching some wrestling before they went into work. Because <laughs> there were so many wrestling moves. Like, legitimately, multiple Batista bombs happened. Goblin spine-bustered <laughs> Spider-Man through two floors of the apartment. I mean, that was just insane to watch. So that also was very joyous for me. But yeah, I love that. That's probably the best action scene in the whole thing, the apartment scene. Yeah, that is my favorite like, um, action scene. It was probably my favorite action scene in any of the Tom Holland's Spider-Man movies. Yeah, it was really well done. I thought it was very, very, very good. Because the bridge one, I thought was kind of dumb. Like the whole, like that one yeah. random shot where the car gets thrown into the water barrels or whatever it is, and they just explode for one second, and then it cuts away to some other thing. I'm like, why are we doing this? Yeah, it's like just to like, show like a real effect that isn't CG. Yeah, and it's just kind of like cool. It's just an unnecessary was, thing to throw yeah. in. There's not a lot of good staging in that scene. It's very much just Doc Ock is coming through and he's just throwing cars again. And I think what they did with Doc Ock, like in that scene where he's he's still a villain, I think it's still cool. It does have some of that effect that the Spider-Man Two had, where you can all the sounds of the machines clicking together and slamming. And all the screams of the people that are around him is definitely very much reminiscent of Spider-Man 2. And I was getting excited. 
And then it just started to get boring when he started interacting with Tom and they were just trying to be campy. And I was like, this is this is cool and all, but I'm not scared of Doc Ock right now. And so that was a bit of a letdown. And then him capturing Doc Ock very easily, I was like, I guess that makes sense. This universe is much more advanced. It probably would be easier to catch that version of Doc Ock in this universe than, than anywhere else. And I was like, is this movie going to be camping? And then they caught all of them. And I was like, yeah, this is. And then I got more on board with it when they caught all of them. They were just like walking into the apartment. I was like, this is kind of funny. I like it. I'm having fun. I think it's, I think it's neat. And then, uh, and then they have that turn in the apartment and I'm like, oh, okay, this is the scene that I, this is what I wanted to see on the, on the bridge. And I guess you you really do have to choose. Would, do you want Doc Ock to be the main villain or do you want Green Goblin to be the main villain? Because it would be hard to have both of them in there. Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina trying to share that spotlight. And I am glad they went with Green Goblin being the main villain. But I do wish we got more Doc Ock. Like, I wish Doc Ock was in that final battle more. Yeah. Because we just didn't get to see him in much action. You know, he fights a little bit on the bridge. Then he fights Electro a little bit in the apartment scene and then dips. And then he just shows up and he he saves Electro and then it's just done. And I just kind of wish we got to see Doc Ock actually in action more and doing stuff. True. True. But yeah, I do agree that making the choice of having Goblin be the main villain was definitely the superior choice yeah because it would have been weird if green got if they went the full route of Willem Dafoe's character just being sort of a sad sack trying to be a hero and then yeah. Doc Ock is the villain I like that because Doc Ock is an easy fix you put in the inhibitor chip you're done he's a good guy and then Green Goblin is more of like oh like there's so many more layers to what made him so evil than just like an inhibitor chip and I think that was always cool for sure. And then, so some of the other villains we talk about, Electro, which in this one, he's just not the same character at all. It's just Jamie Foxx doing Jamie yeah. Foxx things. But, I mean, it's enjoyable. It's fun. He's funny in it. But, yeah, it's interesting that they just, they're like, we're not even going to try to keep it consistent. Let's just make him cool. Mm-hmm. Just have him fun to be on screen. So that was kind of enjoyable. Sandman and the Lizard, though, they were the side ones that they just yeah, brought in. They did not have much. They just to filled do. out the roster. The lizard wasn't even up in the apartment. He was staying down in the. Yeah. I car. did like the lizard a lot, a lot more in this movie. The design. Than I did. Not just the design, but also the performance, too. It was just, again, a voice performance. And I guess mocap, but I doubt Reese Iphens did the mocap. I bet it was somebody else. But I just, I did enjoy his character like just the the things that he said in the moments he had i thought were a lot better than the first one i thought the first one was so like did you talk about in this movie how ridiculous it was that he wanted to turn everybody into fucking lizards and how <laughs> weird that is but right. i like in this one where he is just he's still fully committed to the lizard being the ultimate peak evolution of human <laughs> advancements is just becoming lizards and how they just kept that uh, that motivation for him and he just was just the lizard like he had no uh he had no motivation other than just being a lizard who wants everybody else to be lizard and he's just like he's sort of like just watching the chaos from the outside and it's like this is this is where it happens this is it this is where we're gonna go crazy and then he just goes crazy with them i like sandman too i like sandman and spider-man 3 and i like sandman now he he is i like when he comes when he goes peter what's going on <laughs> when you first meet him right it's me flint marco I did yeah. like that. I thought that was kind of funny. As this Spider-Man would forget 
the Sandman that he's interacted with. <laughs> but wait, which Sandman? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. To me, he was not so great in it. It felt weird that because he had to be. He knew Spider Man after he had already sort of like patched things up with him. Like that was when Spider Man revealed who he was to Sandman through Clint Marco. Mm-hmm. So they had to have him essentially the good guy. So he's initially helping. Peter and he's like, "You're not my Peter. What's going on here?" Then he gets sent in there, and then later he's like, "All right, run all you guys just get saved, get cured, so I can go back and see my daughter." But then during the apartment fight, he doesn't really assist. Like there was something going on where with him and Electro, but then he just like moves away the same way Doc Ock does. But I thought that was weird too. I think it's weird that Doc Ock and Sam both just leave because. Doc Ock's motivation at this point is to just be a good guy and help out. And Sandman's motivation at this point is to press the button and go home. Like, he just wants to press that button and go back to his mm-hmm. universe. I don't know why he would leave where the box is. And then when they were they do the thing where they're on the Daily Bugle and reveal where the box is, he comes back so he can press the button. If you really want to press the button, don't leave the place where the button is. Well, that's true. But also at the midpoint, he was also saying, like, in his conversation with Electro, he was saying, look, you guys just need to do what you need to do because that's when they'll send us home. It would have made more sense for him to just team up with the Spider-Man to help save the other people, and then therefore you'll get sent home quicker. I don't know why you're trying to I like, steal the I box think... from them. It's just a wonky motivation. No, I disagree. I think even in Spider-Man Three, Flint Marco is very much a does it for himself kind of guy. I mean, he teams up. The whole motivation is that he teams up with Venom to kill Spider-Man because it's easier than. Than dealing with spider-man because he just wants to do what's best for him and so in this one the easiest solution for him is to just get the box and press the button and i think that's all good and fine so like in the last scene when he's fighting them because just so he can get the box back that makes sense but him like leaving the apartment where the box is doesn't make sense i don't get that at all no i feel the opposite way. i still don't think it makes sense because i think at the apartment when the other villains are resisting wouldn't you want to help get them under control so that you can just immediately wait, power wait, them wait. down because electro was on the verge of getting powered down wait wait, wait, wait. hang on the lizard yep. was in his thing wait, wait the apartment doesn't have the box right well no yeah the apartment yeah, didn't the, have the, box. the box is with zendaya at this point okay i remember what, what the thing is okay so yeah flint marco's motivation is to just get the box so he's just like he's but like not at that you, point though again it like it would like, have made more no, no, no. sense if it he does kind of have... make sense, like because Flint Marco is very much a stubborn guy, and he's like, he's like, fine, I'll sit here and wait for it, but you better press the box at the end of it. And he sees it going to shit, and it's like, well, you're not gonna fix this. I'm gonna go press the button myself. So he goes and leaves to go find it. Like he's not a smart guy, but he's gonna do what he wants to do, and that makes sense to me. His motivation is not to help them. His motivation is to get home. And at this point, when they're attacking Peter. Him helping Peter save them is not the easiest way to get home. The easiest way to get home is to just press the button, is to find the box and press the button. Well, yeah, so make, he had no idea of where the box is. And again, I'm, I'm not saying, saying he's a smart guy, and I'm not well, saying he's a great plan, but I'm that's what he wants to do. It just doesn't make sense. Like, Flint, come on, bro. If your main motivation is to get home, help the people that are going to send you there, that have the power to do it, that know where the box is, and just contain all he had to do is just contain lecture there and make sure lizard didn't get out and then they can just cure them in spider-man 3 his main motivation is to save his daughter why is he taking so much time is to save her bro he needs to get money to help her because she has a disease 
That's why he yeah, brought I know, the but then truck. Saying, I need to go see her. In, I just to be no, my dog. No. I'm saying in Spider-Man 3, if his main motivation, Spider-Man 3, was to save his daughter, why is he taking so much time to just kill Spider-Man with an alien? That's stupid. Because he's a stupid guy. And so he's <laughs> he has stubborn motivations to easily persuade it. And that's picked up again in this movie where he says, fuck this, I'm out. I'm going to go get the box. I'm just going to do it myself. And then goes to do it. To try and find it. I'm not saying it's a great plan. Of course, he has no idea where the fuck the box is. But he's Flint Marco. He's Sandman. There's sand everywhere. He'll find it. <laughs> I know that's the case. He had to get told where it was. What was he doing in the meantime? Was he really just floating around? Yes. Trying to find it. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, is it in here? No. <laughs> Peter, where's the box? Peter, the box. It's me, Flint Marco. Where's the box? <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad that I'm just, glad that they brought Thomas Hayden Church. I was worried he would just be a big sand monster and they wouldn't actually bring back the actor, but I'm glad they did. Yeah, it's okay. I, uh, I, it no, okay. I, I love Thomas Hayden Church. I thought he was a great Sandman. Was that was that him in person though? Because that definitely looked like years in age a second. So it looked like one of the old shots they had. Because he also you're wasn't one, looking at Peter in the in that. You're shot. the one that's saying that Reese Eifens and Sandman where Reese Eifens and Thomas Hayden Church were just old footage that they repurposed, and it could have been. I have to go rewatch it and pay attention to find out, but I can see where it would be. I think Reese Eifens still looks the same, but Thomas Hayden Church might have gotten bigger. I don't know. But it's also possible that... I think he definitely got older, though. I think he looks older. But uh, My idea is, like, the thing that I think makes you maybe correct is that in Spider-Man 3, he has the ability to reform into a man, and they don't do that in this yeah, movie. Yeah, and this they one they did it on. They keep him a sand guy until he becomes like a normal man again. And so it is possible they just waited and then used repurposed footage to bring him back, and they just brought him in for like three days to do voice work. Yeah, I think that's the case. You may be correct. I think you might be right. Um, but still, it was cool at the end to see him at least transform. Yeah. But yeah, so moving on to... The other major character returns, the other Peter Parkers, Andrew and Toby. What did you think of their reveals? I love Andrew's reveal. I'm iffy on Toby's. When when they say, the let's way. call, when they, they're like, let's call Peter Parker. And then they do the thing, and there's Peter Parker all the way down the hallway, and Andrew just goes, hey, and just waves at them. <laughs> I think it's great. And he just trots over. It's like, hello. And they scream, and he goes, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I think that was done very, very well. I think it's hilarious. And it's yeah. very much his Peter Parker, like a way that that would be introduced. I don't like that they introduced Toby right after Andrew, like immediately. I was I hoping, agree. I was hoping we'd get some time with Andrew, and then maybe instead of doing the portal again, I think it would have been cool if Toby just like swung in, like swung found in. him himself. Absolutely, because then it, we could still could have gotten the thing of like, oh, we've gotten Andrew. We might not get Toby though because he's an old guy. Maybe he didn't want to come in, but at least we got Andrew. And then he swings in last second, and it's like, oh, perfect. It's amazing. And also his introduction, like, it is kind of funny that he's just a normal guy, and he just walks in, he goes, hey. <laughs> like, I think that he is pretty little, funny. His wave thing. Yeah. Like, he, it is very much like a, a thing for his Peter to do, just walk in. But it was not a thing for his Spider-Man to do, because his Spider-Man was epic and awesome. And I think it would have been cool to see that, to have the introduction be that epic and awesome Spider-Man, as opposed to just peter he's his little lame peter because we didn't get any like epic moment of him as spider-man like the first time we see him in the suit is just a casual like it's a wide shot of him just happening to be there and then when yeah. he starts running 
opposite directions. Like we don't even get a big moment of him swinging for the first time. So mm -hmm. I agree. I love the way that they introduce Andrew. I thought that was perfect. But the fact that they did it right after where now we're all anticipating, we're expecting it. It would have been cooler if they tried to open up the portal and just nothing's there. No one's there. We're like, oh, okay. This is the one other Peter we got. And then they do something, I don't know, where maybe Tom Holland goes after Gabi right away and tries to pick a fight. And I don't know, maybe something goes wrong with that. And then Toby has to swing in there. Because I still love the Spider-Man, like the spider therapy moment. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely want to I do like that. that one, yeah. But yeah, having something where Andrew and them with the box, Andrew Zendaya, or MJ and Ned, go to try and find Peter, who's trying to find Goblin to like attack him right then and there. And then that's how we somehow get Toby to come through. Mm -hmm. And then they could have the spider therapy there. I thought that'd be great. Um, but I do also kind of like the interactions Toby had with them in that room. Mm -hmm. like him repeating the same thing Andrew had said earlier and then them doing their little showdown real quick. Like I do like that, but I definitely think it would have been much more impactful if we would have seen him swing in really triumphantly to because we already get that kind of Tom. Yeah, we already get that kind of awkward intro with Andrew where it's just like a normal thing where he just runs up. I would have wanted something epic with Toby's Spider-Man instead of Toby's Peter because it was a good intro for his Peter because it was just him walking in. But when I was watching it, it just kind of felt like something you might see on like a late show where they're like doing a bit where they bring all the Spider-Man back and pretend to be Spider-Man where he's just like walking in and he's pretending to be Peter Parker instead of like acting as Peter Parker. And I was like, mm -hmm. this is cool and all he's here, but being here isn't enough. You know, you got to do more. And then it got better as time went on. But yeah. I was I was looking forward to like more of a, an epic intro for Toby. And I, I didn't I did not really get it. I agree. I agree. But as I said, do love the spider therapy moments. Mm -hmm. Like that was really good where they're just bonding over the mistakes they've made, the failures they've had. And they're, they do the big line of with great power comes great responsibility. And they realize that for each of them, that's like that guiding light, that central purpose they have as Spider-Man. And so they're helping Tom get through that rage he's feeling about Aunt May. So I really like that bit. I also love... And again, you were talking about the fan service moments. You thought it was losing its way a bit. But I don't know. For me, I think that's all great. Like, yeah, there's definitely moments to lean into fan service. It just did and too this much at one. once, bro. Nah. It was just nonstop for a good 15 minutes. And I was like, give me some actual plot for a little bit of it. Like, come on. Nah, I was head over heels for it. I absolutely loved uh, it. All the stuff like, in the lab. There was, okay, in the lab parts with Andrew. It, it kind of I just it kind of felt like he was more like Jonathan Larson than he was Peter Parker. <laughs> what? He the way he was acting, dude, it did not feel like his performance from Amazing Spider-Man. It felt like he was being like weird and quirky, like Jonathan Larson. And I was like, maybe he was filming well, he was at the same time. Weird and quirky not and not in the same way. Not dude. to the, the severity. Extent, yeah. But I think he always had that. In the background, when he like accidentally bumps into Toby and he like moves, he twitches and he like swings around, and I'm just like, that was a very strange thing for his Peter to do. It felt more like something Jonathan Larson would do, like when he was playing Jonathan Larson and Tick Tick Boom. Sure. Now I'm, like, I'm thinking maybe they were filming at the same time, and that part of it kind of leaked in a little bit. I don't know. I think they definitely did tone up uh, him, like being more expressive and trying to be more charismatic in this one. 
but I mean, there are definitely elements of that in the original Amazing Spider-Man stuff. Not so when I'm he's Peter. When he's when he's Spider-Man, yes, but when he's Peter, it was more just like a cool, ominous kind of guy. I don't know about that. Remember in the Amazing Spider-Man two when he did the whole tripping thing, when they were in Oscorp, and he was trying to distract for Gwen Stacy. It was that like whole scene of him distracting this dude. Ah, uh, but I never think about the Amazing Spider-Man. Too. <laughs> yeah. You that block it out of your mind. I really, yeah, it's just so <laughs> bad. I always think of Amazing Spider-Man one, and he was he was like a, a normal fleshed out Peter in Amazing Spider-Man. He was, oh, in the weird, oh, you know, you're right. When he, he when they go to the the interview for her college, and he's doing the awkward exactly. Thing the, yeah, okay, <laughs> may, maybe maybe I'll. Get so it I to think you. yeah, I think they just. I, I just never theory. think about it. They did tone it up a lot, but mm, okay. But I, I enjoyed it. it I you. thought he was great in this stuff like i really i did i did love him. andrew i felt like toby was just kind of there for most of it but i loved andrew i feel that too but also i mean that makes sense i feel like for toby's peter as well especially if he's meant to be an older one like he was never as like showy especially as mm -hmm. peter and even as spider-man as andrew and tom are so it makes sense that he especially in his older age is more of the reserved one here yeah, but the whole time when I was watching Andrew Garfield, I was like, I'm watching Peter Parker. But when I look at Tobey Maguire, I just see Tobey Maguire. I didn't really see his Peter coming out a lot. as really? it, it was just it was subtle things because his Peter is very subtle. Right. I know for me. In the in the spider therapy, him, in the spider therapy, it was there a little bit when he was talking about his Uncle Ben and stuff. Yeah. But when they were in the lab and then when they were doing all the action fight scenes, I was like, nah, not so much. It's just kind of Toby. No, I think it did come through. And I also like mm -hmm. that they didn't go the route of making him this big, crazy quip machine. Like, he didn't feel like an MCU character. He did still feel like his Peter, at least to me. So I'm glad that that was the case. And again, I just loved mm -hmm. seeing them all together, all interacting. His little conversation with Andrew about their love life. And him finally working things out with MJ. We get a hint about that. The whole Ned asking about Toby's, if he had a best friend. And then, yeah, he tried to kill me and died. Mm. All that stuff. That's funny. I loved it. The organic web fluid. We had the my back, <laughs> which they were my really back. fishing for a meme with him, like, cracking his back. I didn't like that part. But I did like the reference to, oh, my back. And he's, like, trying to stretch it out. But they were doing probably... a lot of they were trying to reference a lot of things, dude. When the number of times he said the power of the sun in the palm of my hand, and then when <laughs> that's okay. when Willem Dafoe was like was like, you know, I'm something of a I'm scientist myself. Master. I was yeah. like, just make your own original ones. Don't don't I didn't like calling back on it a lot. Spencer did not know that the I'm something of a scientist myself was a meme. And so when people collapsed in his theater, I guess he was just confused. He was like, how many people know this line, this weird, this one line from Spider-Man? He's like, it's very strange. We had to tell him that it was just a big meme. That's funny. No, I'm good with that stuff. I think it's fine. Because again, it's just little fan service. And if you don't know it, then it doesn't like interrupt anything. I don't think I guess it's not that's crazy true. distracting. You could watch it and it doesn't change anything. Yeah. You don't understand. But if you are in the know, it's like a great callback and you get rewarded for being so invested in the franchise or at least being up to date on mm -hmm. like what was going on with all these characters. So I love all that stuff. Same thing with the talk about the organic web fluid and then the discussion of their villains. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Toby and Tom had fun alien. Andrew hasn't. He's like, man, I'm lame. And Toby's like, no, you're amazing. You are amazing. 
Say it. I need to hear you say that you are amazing. <laughs> like, no, I think I just need to hear that. Thank you. Like that part, I loved it. Great stuff. I also like during that final fight, I like how Tom Holland had to be the one to get them to work together as a team since he has actually been part of teams before. And of course, They've they were just solo workers. Yeah. yeah. Doing stuff on their own. So I like how, again, that's incorporating like actual elements of their franchises the histories of their particular peter parkers into okay how are we going to work together how are we going to resolve this conflict that we're all facing currently i thought that stuff was great i did think though that the whole triple swing bit could have been better you didn't like it i think it could have been better you know i wanted watching them run and then i thought that was cool And I like them jumping off together, but I would have liked it if we focus on each individual one swinging with their particular theme in the background as they're swinging and then they all come together and then you get to hear the big Tom Holland one as they land on the part of the Statue of Liberty. I thought that would have made it better because I didn't get the big triumphant Toby swinging into his to the Elfman theme, which I wanted. They did a nice like subdued version of it when he interacts with Octavius, but... I didn't get the big triumphant orchestral one when he's swinging around in that suit. I would have rather had a good like introduction with Toby where you can hear the theme creeping up in the background and then you get to the big sweeping moment and he swings in. It would have been epic. But I bet, I mean, they might not have been able to get the rights. Well, no. So they did. Who the fuck am I getting? Yeah, they had it. (laughs) Well, because they used it during the, the Otto Octavius interaction. Wasted opportunities. I mean, there's just so much like fan service you could do that no matter what you would always say that there'd be a wasted opportunity that's true but i feel like this one felt like a particularly obvious one i mean they did it they already halfway did it with having a big triumphant score like hitting its peak in the background as they're all swinging all they had to do was just focus on each individual one go to toby go to andrew then go to tom then have them all land together and then it's like the combination of their themes or just the tom holland one that would have been so much better and it's just a neat little change, a little tweak. But I felt that would have been so much better. It was still good as is. I mean, I was still smiling like a fool watching that. But yeah, could have done a bit better. But they also sure. had the, in addition to that, Toby and Otto reunion, which I thought was beautiful. I also really hope for a lot of these, which might not happen just because of their scheduling and actors and also trying to keep away from the leaks. But I hope they actually were in the same room filming that together. Because mm-hmm. I feel like for a lot of it, like definitely when they were in the cages and whatnot, you could definitely tell none of these people were in the same room as each other. Um, but I hope that they were able to at least get an interaction. I know Otto and Norman were able to get some together. So that was great to see. But we also had Andrew get redemption for Gwen Stacy when MJ's fallen off. Then the glider picks away Tom Holland as he's trying to reach for her. Then Andrew comes down and saves her. That moment was incredible. That was the one that got me the most emotional. Because mm-hmm. again, I mean, he absolutely killed that scene back in the day. Yeah. And then in this one, it was no different. I mean, the emotion, man. He's just a phenomenal actor. Um, but I think yeah, I just having... knew it was going to happen. Well, absolutely knew it was going to happen i mean people clocked that from the trailers where yeah. the hand was reaching out we're like oh okay he's not gonna be able to say where it's gonna be andrews um so i knew 100 percent that that was happening but it was still solid like the him swinging down could have been better 
I guess they didn't want to just repeat like the slow motion bit and they didn't want to make it too much of a, oh, is he going to save her? Because obviously they're not going to kill off Zendaya by mm-hmm. having Andrew Garfield rush after her. But <laughs> he, he fails again. <laughs> oh, oh, God, dude. Imagine That'd be horrible. seeing that. <laughs> she dies and he's just like, oh, no, again. <laughs> and Toby's just like, I would have caught her. <laughs> yeah. Toby's like, I caught her every time. Every one of my films, she was in danger. And you know what? She's still I alive. got her. <laughs> So he said, "You're not amazing. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you are lame. You're terrible. Get out of here." He said, "I'm gonna put dirt in your eye." <laughs> yeah, they didn't do that. They had restraint with not saying any of the big bully Spider-Man McGuire moments. God, that would have been great, though. <laughs> <laughs> we just see him do a snapping rendition in the mirror to pump himself up before he goes into battle. <laughs> but yeah, so that. That moment, I loved as well. And then we had Tom Holland versus Goblin, where he's all filled with rage, and he's not trying to save Goblin, trying to kill him. And he does the glider thing. And I knew the moment that man was picking up the glider, I'm like, I swear to God, if Tobey Maguire runs in there and gets stabbed somehow, I'm going to freak out. Because didn't I say last week in our show, something about I just don't want to see Tobey Maguire die. Either you don't bring him that. back, or bring him back and keep him alive. Don't kill him. Don't want to see him. And then when that happens and he goes and stops Tom Holland and he's just standing there looking at Tom as he keeps trying to push the glider down and prevents him. I'm like, okay, great. Now, now get out of there. You didn't need to jump right in front of the glider. You could have like webbed it from afar and brought it back. Get out of there. And then he gets stabbed in the back and he goes down and I was mad. (laughs) I was not, my face was very much contorted with anger, but thankfully they didn't do it. They didn't. I I disagree. I wish he either died or didn't get stabbed. I don't like the idea of them trying to do a fake out because I agree. They with stab that. him. Just don't stab him at all. But I'm glad they didn't kill him if they, they did stab. Him. I think it would have been better if they just didn't stab him at all. But if they, I would have liked to see Toby die, but not like that. I would have liked to see him die like a real way, where he sacrifices himself to say to do something, like where he actually does something that's worthy of like a hero's death other than, like instead of just getting like stabbed in the back by the green goblin that would have been stupid well are you saying it's not heroic that he stopped tom holland from taking out revenge upon goblin it is but if green goblin just stabbed him in the back and he died that'd be kind of stupid i mean yeah but he was doing like a heroic action he was it would have been sure that no, it would have been cool if, like, it would have been cool if it would have been like either he saves the world and dies or doesn't save the world like like the only way to save the world is if he sacrifices himself like that would have been a cool way to see pete to see toby go but the only way i would have liked that the only way i would have liked that is if they brought back kirsten dunst to be by his side when he died i was thinking that too i was like i swear to you, they better not have kirsten dunst come in because that means it is happening so i was like stay away if kirsten, kirsten dunst, dunst like stay they, just, away. they just repeat endgame with with uh tony stark where where toby's <laughs> laying on the ground and kirsten dunst is just like you can go now it's okay <laughs> yeah Bro, heartbreaking because that I was would like, be cool though because then it would have been tom having to relive that moment just watching it happen that would not have been cool i would not have wanted to relive it alongside <laughs> tom Holland. so i'm glad that that didn't occur but i was thinking that as well i was like there's no way you're gonna kill him without kirsten dunst coming in like there would have to be resolution to that and i'd also just hate the idea of us like having all that time with this character and then he dies in some other universe fighting somebody else's battle it would have been kind 
It would have been kind of funny if we could have seen it if he dies and we get it comes back at the other universe where they send them back. And MJ's just like eating dinner and his body just lands and he's dead. And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> he's just That'd dead. So horrible. Which also raises the question of what happens when they get sent back. I don't know. At the end. I have no explanation. Like that's also part of the central premise that I'm like, why? I, I do disagree with May of being like, we need to save them like this is what we do and he's like that's not my responsibility like these are people from other universes this is not my job to solve and she's like no it is you're bucking your responsibility by not doing this i'm like no it's it is not his job to reform these villains that have already fought tried to kill other spider-man the idea was that if he doesn't reform like they have to go back no matter what because it's too fragile to keep them there like the the world is too far to keep them there but if he sends them back while they're still baddies they're gonna die so right not by all pressing of them, that, number one but then well, number two you know what i mean i mean yes but well again, the choice like, is use your superior technology that you've developed in the mcu to save these people before you send them back so they don't die or send them back and let them die and the idea is that it's his responsibility to you try and use this technology and save these people so that when they get sent back they don't die because right. by I pressing like, that button, he's signing some of their like death wars. Like he's he's signing their death pretty much. He's letting what would already happen happen. He's just not altering their fates, is what he's doing, and that doesn't yeah. mean that he's killing. Just because them. you have a different, just because you agree with Doctor Strange doesn't mean that Tom is also wrong. You just have a different philosophy. Well, his sure. motivation is a good motivation. Like, but it, they're it's a realistic also motivation. the issue that I have though is like they frame this particular philosophy as being the right one given that she literally says as she's dying as a result of imparting these words onto peter and making him do this stuff that what we did was right we made the right choice like this apartment is destroyed i am currently dying but we made the right choice by doing this well what is she gonna say wow peter really <laughs> screwed the pooch on this one man well, no she should have said out. i screwed the pooch on this one you were right peter maybe we shouldn't have tried to alter with the destinies of people from a different universe like that's just not your call that's not your job like what does that do to those other universes if you save them and then send them back how does that mess up everything because it would would it not it would destroy the timeline i don't know how it works well they don't either so it's completely irresponsible to make these actions without understanding the timeline how the fuck are you gonna know like you don't know i don't know. know So I'm not going to do something that could possibly destroy it when I know for a fact that doing one action would preserve things, keep them the way they are, and not destroy everything. Whereas this other option may very likely destroy things based on all the understanding of time that we have if we change people's fates and keep people alive that might be dead. And we if send you them could back, change your fate, would you? <laughs> would you? <laughs> the answer in this case... Is no, you should not change other if people's fates. If you could change the other- fate of five <laughs> supervillains from different universes, would you? Would you? So I don't like that the answer this film gave was yes, you should change their fates. I and think then, the the overall lesson they're trying to impart is you should help people. No I like the idea what. of second chances, but second chances. And I like the idea that they're playing on this theme, which I think we talked about in the Toby thing of a lot of the villains aren't pure evil people they're they're people who have come onto bad circumstances and have been altered in some way well yeah they 
seized a certain amount of power and then got corrupted by it, which is antithetical to what had occurred with Peter when he got power. He was able to find a way to use it for good. The rest of them were not. They were using self-serving, um, like using those powers for self-serving reasons. So I like that they were playing on that to say like, yeah, some of these people aren't evil, evil, and they could be saved. But I don't like that they went so hardcore in the fact that like, yes, we need to save them and then still send them back to their universe without understanding what that does, like making them not get killed. And again, it's also not like they got murdered in cold blood. They died in the heat of battle, often by their own hands. Doc Ock died of his own volition when he was good and chose to That's do what good that things is sacrifice stupid, is that is that, you know, if they do send them back at the time they left. He's going to die either way because either way he will be a good guy and either way he will sacrifice himself. Right. That one is stupid. But but the other ones, they if they are reverted back to their normal selves, because the whole idea is that they've all been changed in a way that is independent of how they truly are as people. And if you change them back and send them back, they will live. And that is the case for Willem Dafoe and for Electro is that if they aren't these super powered villains who are crazy they will live. Doc Ock will die either way, which sucks. <laughs> but you know what? Whatever. That sure. is kind of stupid that they spend... Well, to be fair, to be fair. No, you know what? Flip Marco should have been like, yeah, you drowned yourself in the river no matter what. And then Doc Ock would have been like, whoa, that that was like... That was like right when I got sent here, man. I guess when I go back, I'm going to die no matter what. Shit. Right. And so they just don't do anything to his to his inhibitor chip because there's just no fucking point. But yeah, I never said it was greatly written. <laughs> Again, I just I don't it was great. like that idea. I just it feels very off. Like I get the sentiment they're going for. And again, the idea of like, oh, let's give people second chances. You can't write them off completely. These are people that, yeah, got corrupted by the power. If we help them, if we work with them then maybe it doesn't have to end the way it does. But also, it did end the way that it does in those universes. And you can't just change that. That'll destroy the whole thing of what happened over there. Like, Toby goes back, and all of a sudden, Norman's just alive. He's just an old man. But Harry's still dead. Doc Ock is still dead. Sandman loses his sand powers. (laughs) We're not physicists, Ryan. We're not trying to determine the, the branching of realities based on how time flows in the MCU. Like... We're just judging the movie as it is, bro. And from their knowledge, make him good, send him back, see what happens. No, I mean, Tom Holland, who out in space and doing all those shenanigans with Thanos and the Infinity Stones and knowing the whole time shenanigans that brought everyone back, like he should have been able to tell me, um, you don't know what's going on here. Or Doctor Strange, the one who also warned them of all this and then was pretty much right. Also, we didn't talk about that, but that was a great fight scene they had as well the whole mirror dimension thing oh yeah it was cool it was just visually appealing yeah so i know that's my one big gripe with the film in addition to the spell at the end when he makes everybody ever forget that peter parker in this world exists i don't know why that was i can't explain it i can't i couldn't tell you i like it in the sense that it goes along with the theme of how he's struggling with his identity and that this is the way that he has to sacrifice his relationships in order to save the world. Like, I like that all that stuff, but the actual reason why that spell works and the other one doesn't, I have no clue. Like, they don't. There is no 
the correlation. There's no explanation. I couldn't. There's no written reason why that spell works where the other one doesn't. But I like the idea, and I like the follow through in the actual ending. Ending. Yeah, I like. I it. just wish I wish they'd written in a reason why the first spell won't work anymore, so the second one has to work. Right. Or because why they couldn't have developed if, some other spell that would have accomplished. Well, the thing about another spell is like the reason that they're coming in is because you wish that uh, everybody would forget Peter Parker, and then you start adding people in and in, in, so that everybody that knows that Peter Parker is Spider Man is gonna come into the universe from every other universe, which is like an infinite number of people getting shoved into this world and it's going to just blow everything up. And so like, what is the easiest way to make people forget that Peter Parker is Spider-Man? You make them forget that Peter Parker exists. Like that makes sense to me, but the, but I don't know why you can't also just say, Hey, make everybody forget Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Let's just do the first bell. Like we did before. They don't say they, they, the, the only thing they could have put in was like, we tried it once and we no longer have access to it for yada, yada, yada reasons. So we can't do it again. Or like it was too unstable. And so there's no way we can reconstruct it because it's already broken. We had one shot and it's gone. We, so there's no way to hold them back in. And he's like, what if we do a different spell this time? We make everybody forget that I'm Peter, that Peter Parker exists. And he's like, yeah, that'd work. That'd be fine. That'd be more acceptable. But there's no reason why the first spell doesn't work. Right. And they, they needed to include that in there and they didn't. Yeah. Because that's, I don't know, it was just a very foolish oversight that they had. But again, I like, I like what it's setting up because now that means that he no longer has any connection to any of the people that we've come across. So he's essentially reset. Like what they've done here, which I think is really smart, is just rebooting the Spider-Man franchise, but you still have Tom Holland in the role. So mm-hmm. now some other director can come in and make their trilogy um, and they can do with it what they want because again now we have a spider-man that went through the origin story with aunt may got the lesson is poor <laughs> that takes away the whole iron boy jr stuff where he has access to all this crazy technology and whatnot he's just a guy with a suit now he's got his, his suit looks great it does oh it looks i wish we it's got the most a comic accurate, shot bro. of it but that's true it was just so much swinging and i was like just have him land somewhere so i could stare i at know him. like i wanted to see it mm. like they should have had him just I don't know why they didn't do that. Just have him land in the Spider-Man pose and then let his let it's stand so up and silky. let him see the like thing. It's, it's so it smoothly silky, and I love it for that. So yeah, And I love how bright the blues are. We've never gotten a live-action suit where the blues are that bright, and I love it. I agree. So it was definitely eye-popping. Uh, so looking forward to seeing that. But yeah, we get him the working-class Peter, because we talked about that in the You know what one. else is interesting is now God knows what Sony's doing with Vulture, because that whole thing is fucked up with, with Morbius and all that. But sure. now... In the MCU, Vulture does not know that Peter Parker Spider-Man, so now he just has a grudge against Spider-Man. So now That's you can bring true. him back as somebody who just hates Spider-Man, which is great. That That is also true, yeah. And none of the Avengers know that Peter is Spider-Man. You can recreate all those interactions if you want to bring them back in. Where you could. he like meets them, and you just have him interact with him as Spider-Man, and they're like, are you a kid? And he's like, maybe. <laughs> right. Ideally, they'll lean more into the idea of no more random Marvel mentor characters. So we won't get a Tony or a Nick Fury or uh, Stephen Strange. We'll just have him going about it on his own. No yeah. other side character um, from Gets the rest of the Marvel the universe. Google. Yeah. Uh, Struggling in college. Exactly, exactly. And then we'll see what direction they take. Because I, I just can't imagine a world where they're going to actually keep ned and zendaya out of it for long 
So they're going to have to bring them back in. But are they going to have them like have this other new love interest for I a little you, bit and then they get I brought say, back in? Or I was telling this to Alexis, like the whole idea that he didn't try and reconnect with MJ is that he saw the scar on her and he didn't want to put her in those situations again. So the idea of him trying to date another person that is just a normal person is stupid because why would he not just try and date MJ if he's going to date a normal person again? What? Right. So I think it would be cool if he, they threw in like Black Hat and had him date Felicia Hardy because she can take care of herself. I agree so much with that. It would be so Hat. cool. It would be we awesome. are overdue. Yeah, I want to see that. Um, or like a spider girl or something. Right. But yeah, I also thought, I don't know, I was like, ah, they're going to do the thing where he's going to not like reconnect. And I was like, that's stupid because of the scar. Because she had, number one, been a teammate with him. And he also, like, we did see later in the film, where it's like, oh, this is too dangerous. You guys need to just sit by with a box. But he did also call them in to help him. He was telling Dr. Strange, he's like, look, I need help. And then he brought in MJ and Ned. So he had already, a couple times before, worked with her as like somewhat of a teammate, like having her in the fold. So I don't know why he wouldn't just just go for it. Like she said she loves you. You clearly love her. Well, I mean, you've been she through did. this before. You can make it work. Now you got the reset. The scar, so her life's not going to be ruined by your identity. The scar, the scar is from when she fell. And the thought is that, you know, if the other Peter Parker wasn't there to catch her, nobody would have and she would have died. That's the closest she ever came to full on dying. And he never thought that she the that the limits could ever be pushed that far. He thought he could always protect her and he couldn't in that situation and someone else had to do it. And so he doesn't want to put her in that situation again because if there's nobody else and it's just him, what if he fails? Right. Again, that's just what he's thinking in the moment, you know? And that it's a logical thought train, thought process. I mean, yeah. It makes sense. I get it. I just don't because at some point they're gonna have to reverse that and undo that. I think it'd be interesting though, if this is the very next movie, they just didn't have mj or ned in it at all mm -hmm. or at least like maybe brief moments where he's passing by and sees her no i think it'd be cool if we don't see them again until like the third in the trilogy like then they come back or like we see a brief bit of them in the second one and then they come back in the third there's just no way they're gonna go more than one movie without zendaya being in it yeah good point there's no but way. i would like to see none of her in the first of another trilogy if they do another I trilogy because it'd be cool to see him try and experiment with black Cat. And like other superpowered women, and see what that's like, and then he sees her maybe, and he's like, "God, she's still fine." He's like, "I gotta go back. I gotta find right. her. I love her." So yeah, that ideally is gonna be the direction they go in. Who do you think will be the villain? Scorpion? No, they need to do a new one. Um, it would be cool because I'm trying to think of Sinister Six villains so you could finish out the roster. You got Mysterio, Scorpio, Scorpion, and Vulture now. Who would be a cool addition to a uh, modern Sinister Six? I would love to do the thing is, all the good ones are the ones that they've already done. So Green Goblin, Doc Ock, and Electro are obviously the coolest things you could add in. Right. Ned is the Hobbot Goblin, would end up being cool if they went that route. He could right. be the one they throw in in the third movie, maybe. I just don't so, know how they're going to pull that off it like would be Hobgoblin weird thing, it would be hard to he's do. so much of just like so far just a comedic side character mm -hmm. it'd be really weird i also don't know if yeah, they could build it up over three Jacob movies it would be, or whatever his name is battle on 
yeah, Babylon, if he'd be able to pull that off. It'd, it'd be, be it'd interesting be cool. if he could, but I also don't know if I'd want to see that. I mean, we've seen the like best friend go against him those other two times. I feel like having just Ned be Ned would be okay. Mm-hmm. Understandable. Um, a hobgoblin in general that isn't Ned would be cool. That would because we've never seen a hobgoblin, and he has been a part of the Sinister Six. And that'd be a great way. Some to, kind of a be... Venom would be cool if they do Venom right. It's weird that it's not going to be Tom Hardy, but That's... if they do a different Venom, I don't know why they missed that opportunity because a Spider-Man versus Venom film would have been so good. Mm-hmm. It makes sense that in the story when they send the other people back tom hardy also goes back it does but they could have done something where yeah. i don't know like the symbiote resists and becomes venom and then is able to stay in the universe somehow and keeps tom hardy with him but yeah i don't know why they would because they're teasing there's a symbiote left over in the universe but what are they going to do because if mm-hmm. they did the black suit man if- i feel like that'd just be too much of a rehash but then if mm-hmm. they did any other venom like you're going to introduce a new eddie brock what if that's the thing what if that venom knows that it can only combine with eddie brock but the eddie brock in this universe is an asshole that we can hate kind of like the spider-man 3 one but they do it well because (laughs) i can't imagine the tom hardy eddie brock being a villain for spider-man right i feel like that would be a case though of like him having to fight against the symbiote again like the symbiote is still Mm -hmm. angry because of what happened in spider-man 3 like they have that big multi-dimensional symbiote consciousness thing Mm -hmm. and so he's trying to fight that peter and then at some point, I don't know, they would have to come to terms with, oh, we shouldn't fight this person. He's doing the same thing that we should be doing, which is helping people and whatnot. But Eddie Brock would be conscious the whole time of like, why are we doing this? This is stupid. So like to have Venom just take over him and not be a part of that would be kind of weird. The whole idea is that like Eddie and Venom are one in what they do. And they're like they have to struggle with being one in the decisions they make, but they ultimately are one. And I can't see Venom convincing Eddie to just attack Spider-Man. Right. For no reason. But I mean, at this point, he doesn't know. And also in the universe, they would still have the idea that Mysterio killed or was killed by Spider-Man. It just wouldn't be that they know who Spider-Man's identity is. So they could have played off of that and be like, oh, he's a bad guy. He needs to get stopped. I would like to see them do a Doc Ock as part of the Sinister Six, but it'd be hard to reboot. But I'd like to see him do it in a way like how they did it in Spider-Verse where it's unexpected. Where like maybe you have him dealing with a minor villain and that's billed as like the main villain. And then he's like working for a scientist who's not named Otto Octavius or maybe is, but you don't know that his name is Otto Octavius and he doesn't know his name is Otto. Like, like you know how they did um, her name is Michelle, but really it's MJ Watson. Right. You do something like that where like maybe his name is like Oscar, but really it's Otto Octavius. I don't, I don't fucking know. Like something stupid like that <laughs> where it's silly, like it's silly written, but like. Like, you could make that kind of like a connection kind of thing, and then they become Doc Ock. It'd be kind of cool to see. Because I would just... Sinister Six with Doc Ock would just be awesome. Sure. I don't, just classic. I don't know how much Dude, I'd want to then you'd do have, Doc Ock without Alfred, though. Imagine having Doc Ock, Hobgoblin, Vulture, Scorpion, and Mysterio, plus one more. That would be a great Sinister Six. Even if it is not Alfred Molina. Everything else added in would just be awesome. I it like would be Hobby, awesome. the Hobgoblin, Vulture, Scorpion, maybe the Mysterio. Um, just watching them all interact would be awesome. Because remember, this is a trilogy that comes out a lot later. So this wouldn't come out until like we're almost in our 30s. The Sinister Six movie that I'm pitching right now. 
it was it would be like 10 years after we've seen them be mysterio and vulture imagine seeing them come back it'd be so 10 cool. years what do you mean 2019 like well well when are they going to make the next spider-man movie not for a long time they have not announced anything they have no slots open in theaters it's not going to come out to at least 2024 probably so then you have that plus two more movies of 2024 then 2026 then 2028 that's almost 10 years after far from home which is 2019 so it will have been nearly 10 years since we've seen vulture and mysterio bro it'd be cool to see them come back and Scorpion, I guess. I so will be seeing Vulture in Morbius. Yeah, that's going to be really weird. I just don't get it. I just <laughs> don't get it. I don't I don't understand. What if they're what if they're just like ah uh, ah uh, what if they put Morbius in the MCU universe and the tie-in with Venom is that when Venom was there for that day and a half, he tore shit up and like people know what Venom is now, but now he's gone. What if that's the way they write it off? Because how else are you gonna do it? How else does it make sense? I don't know what they're going to do. I just, I'm just i not going to see it. I don't want to see it because it's just going to ruin everything. We're going to have to see it. I don't want to. to. Be it for looks the January so grab bad. So bad. Please don't make me. Please, Ryan. No, we must. We must. It looks horrible. But yeah, interesting to see what they'll do with that Tom Hardy thing. And there's also been buzz about Andrew Garfield might continue in some capacity. In the Andrew MCU Garfield? In some way. Yeah. Like as a different character or as Spider Man? As Spider Man. How would they bring him back though? I mean for that the I mean, how are they bringing back the characters in Spider Verse? Writers can do anything, I guess, but That is true. Okay. I know. I'd love to see another film with him in it. Again, I don't I feel like there's room. I mean Spider Man is it'd be cool because said, he'd be the right only now. person in that world that knows that Spider Man is Peter Parker. Because he's also Spider Man and he's also Peter Parker. Exactly. That would be cool. Yeah. So hopefully they do do something with that. I mean, just having him in another movie, like having one to himself would be phenomenal. You know what else is a plot hole? What's that? You know how when he's when they made the spell of everybody like everybody forgets that Peter Parker is Spider-Man that brings in all the other people from all the other universes who know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. When he makes a spell that everybody forgets Peter Parker, does that also extend to all yeah, the other to universes? Yeah, every other person ever. So does, so does that Kirsten screw Dunst up Toby Maguire says... and Andrew Garfield's lives? Does it really screw them up? Like, t- Toby and MJ have kids, and she's like, who are you? Yeah, that's crazy. I think the actual line was, everyone forgets that I'm Peter Parker. So people forget that me, this person, who I am, is... Okay. Peter Parker, uh, and therefore they I'll stop coming it. into this universe. But I still think it's dumb that it's like make everyone forget that I exist instead of once again make everyone forget that I am Spider-Man. Like you could have done just, that. I um, just want the explanation as to why you can't use that spell again. Yeah. I just need that in there just to cover your grounds and make there be no gaping plot holes. For real, but it is like, can you do the spell again? And Doctor Strange goes, no. <laughs> yeah, a little strange, but I. Do, little Doctor Strange. Indeed. But I do really love the setup for what they're going to do next with this next trilogy. And their very next film, I want them to do something with Scorpion. And I'd like to get Black Cat in there. Yeah. That is I if they do another trilogy. Like because Tom Holland wants to settle down and start a family. Which he's saying that. I'm like, buddy. I mean, I guess. But you're like 25 right now. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, what the fuck? started dating Zendaya, too. You think Zendaya started like, having a panic attack? She said, a family? <laughs> I know. She's she like, said, what the heck? She said, my career is just getting started. What are you doing? I know. She's like, I'm the highest paid actor of 2021. Dude, I'd be that going. freaking out. I'd be like, family? <laughs> family? 
the next. Oh my god, dude! She had a crazy year, dude. Dune, those couple episodes of Euphoria, now Spider Man, Malcolm and Marie. Yeah, she was popping off this year. She's about to have Euphoria season two. Yeah, in January. Yeah. Crazy. So, she did great. Tom better. Yeah, <laughs> a kid would just down. slow down that career, man. For real, but that's just such a weird thing to say. It was just weird to hear. I like, I like, I saw it as like a headline, and I was like, "Wow, that's a funny headline. Good joke." And then I saw it again, and I was like, "Is it not a joke?" And I had to like find it and read about it from a notable news source that I knew would be accurate. And it was just bizarre to read. He just yeah. he's like he's like I don't know if I want to hang up being Spider Man yet, but I definitely want to slow down my acting and pursue other careers. Maybe I'll be a teacher. And I'm like. What the fuck are you doing? You are at the top of your game. Like, like I get maybe wanting to leave at the top of your game, but like, make some movies that aren't superhero movies or action blockbusters. Like, do some like serious dramatic work, and then when you're really at the top of your game, then maybe leave. Right, but he's still he's younger than Toby and Andrew were when they started Spider Man. Yeah, and he's already talking about. I need to take a break. I need to get away from it. I'm like, I get, I, I get it. doing so many action movies back to back must be exhausting and. I don't want to say unfulfilling as an actor because they are cool, but like if you're an actor who wants to do like serious work and you're just doing action movies nonstop, I could see wanting to branch out like for sure. But he should just do that instead of just quitting acting. Well, for yeah, I think like doing he should do more of the smaller like character pieces because he's, he's trying to do that. other blockbusters and they've been bad. And then he also tried to do yeah. what Cherry was supposed to be, but he, he's bad. in that bubble where like. Like in the movie, he's one of the most famous and most recognizable faces right now. He could fully like his presence in a smaller budget movie could fund that movie. Like him just being a part of it and being attached to it could fund it. And he should go out and find the movies, the scripts that he likes, that he wants to be a part of with filmmakers that are passionate <clears throat> like myself and <laughs> and and join their movies and to help fund them and <clears throat> reach out to me and they should do this like like he's in that perfect bubble where he could find a, a young talented filmmaker in central florida and fund his film essentially with just his presence and being attached to that project he could do it he could he absolutely could and hopefully he will end up hopefully he'll hear it. this and <clears throat> reach out to me <laughs> i mean of talented filmmaker a talented beautiful blonde-haired filmmaker Whoa, remember, you're trying not to get him to start a family, Dylan. Don't entice him. <laughs> I mean, I can't help what's already there. You can't You can't just beat out the beauty. That's true. But all right, for No Way Home, what would you give it? How many multiversal villains out of five? Because there were only five, not six. If there were six, would you make it out of six? <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, it's too bad. It's a good thing they made it out of five. Uh, I would give it four. Four out of five multiversal films. He gives it a four out of five. I'm giving it a 4.5 because I'm still high on all the incredible fan service moments of just seeing all these people together again mm -hmm. and killing it. I loved that. But you also, I mean, you all heard my gripes about what it is. Cause, and I think that legitimately holds it back from being a truly excellent film. Like Spider-Man 2. It's just an excellent film and a great superhero film. Yeah. This is a great superhero film and a great, it's a extremely good, good experience, like it's especially in the film. theaters and whatnot. But yeah, there's just, just definitely problems in 
the themes they're trying to convey and how that weaves into some of those character arcs. My, some of the things are smart, but a lot of it does falter. My biggest problem was that the presence of all the, the cameo characters, all the villains and the sp- other Spider-Men, it just felt like they were just there to reference their own movies and call back rather than develop a lot within this movie. Like, that's why I like the spider therapy scene is like, there's only a few callbacks to their movies, but they're really just connecting on like an actual level as mm-hmm. Peter Parker's. And I'm like, I wish you did that with the villains instead of just having scenes where they're just remembering stuff from their, their lives. I wish they had developments. Like I do as much as I loved Goblin as the villain, just being the goblin. I wish he had like a good, like reason for being evil in this movie. Like I wish he had more of a, a purpose and a drive to be evil like he's trying to do something specific other than just tear shit up right as well as the other villains because like electro is just like i don't like this i don't like all this power i'm gonna be bad and then just goes and be bad and i'm like just get just write him in some some plot like why does he want to be bad why does he like the power like write more into it right give the lizard the desire to want to make everybody lizards like well, that what was is, very clear. I mean, always want to be the lizard. Yeah, maker. but what is he doing? Like, he breaks out Nothing. and then he runs away. But why does he go back to the to the tower to where the box is? Is he trying to stop him from sending him back? Why does he want to stay in this universe? Isn't any universe where they're lizards good enough? He's gonna why go. He's gonna go throughout all the universes and make them all lizards. With the power of that box in my hand, we'll all be lizards. The that would revolution. be funny. That would be funny if they all had reasons to want the box, and his reason is just to make everybody a lizard <laughs> in all the universes. <laughs> I would love that, dude. They all want the box so that they could. I wish the box had more power than to just send them back. It was like a. It would be like a gateway to all the different universes, and then you could bring Andrew back if you wanted to, because you still have the box. I there you go. I mean, I can still bring him back another way. Like not. I mean, I don't know. Just him being back in any capacity. It doesn't need to be in another MCU movie teaming up with Tom. Yeah, I guess it would also be... would be fine. It would be too much of a a powerful device to be able to go into any universe with just a box. Because then you could could just do anything. You could bring in Wolverine. You could bring in Deadpool. You could bring in Batman. You could do whatever the fuck you want. We'll see what they do. Bring in Harry Potter. (laughs) Harry Potter. Okay, so where would you rank it? Where would you rank it? All right, so it goes Reggie, Jay-Z, <laughs> Tupac, and Biggie. No. So starting from the bottom, it's Amazing Spider-Man 2, of course. Then it's Far From Home. Then Amazing Spider-Man 1. Then Spider-Man 3. No, it was... it was What was it? It was... Yes. Is that what it was? Amazing Spider-Man, then Spider-Man 3? Or, not, or Spider-Man 3, then Amazing Spider-Man? Amazing Spider-Man 2, Far From Home, Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man 3, Homecoming, okay. Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. So then it goes Homecoming, then No Way Home, then Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mine, we'll see where it ends up. I, I'll just make the prediction for where I think it'll actually land overall. It'll be fourth. It would be behind Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man, and Homecoming. I think really? Homecoming is still a much more solid film, had a much more believable and well-developed arc for Peter Parker. So I think as enjoyable as all the stuff is in this film, 
which definitely gets it to that mark. Uh, I think it's just not that much better than Homecoming to take over its spot. Like, it's so enjoyable. I love everything that they did in terms of the fan service. But, yeah, a lot of those problems that I discussed with the film, I think Homecoming is a step up in that regard. I disagree. I think they have the same amount and quality of character development. I just think this one gets bogged down by all the fan service. It just gets in the way of what could have been great character development. So I put mine above Homecoming just because I think the action set pieces, for the most part, are a lot better than Homecoming. I think that the character dynamics between Tom Holland and his friends is a lot better in this movie than it is in the other movies. And uh, I don't know. I just... I just enjoyed it uh, just, a, just a slightly bit more, but I do love Homecoming still. Uh, I also, if we're doing not just any Spider-Man movies, I think I would put Spider-Verse above Spider-Man, below Spider-Man 2. Gotcha. That's don't my word. Like we need that's to see fine. it. You don't have to, yeah. But, but uh, I, I, was, I was thinking about it this past week since we recorded, and then that's where I'm going to put it. Yeah. Wait for our animated slash non-live action Spider-Man special where we'll talk about Spider-Verse and maybe some of the other ones for the Across the Spider-Verse movie. Mm. But yeah, that was our discussion of No Way Home. And that's all the time we have. If you would like to give your thoughts on the show or make a suggestion for the movie of the week, you can email us at theboxofficeshow at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDade. Be sure to tune in next week. We're going to be... Wa- talking about matrix resurrections so go watch it this weekend and then listen for our review nice